Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. Including like two two epic ones, right? Like Penn State came back to win, and uh, what was what was the other one? West Virginia and and, and Pitt and Pitt came. I think that was sort of neck and neck. Pitt ended up winning that. So yeah, yeah some FC, man, we are here. FCS, we FBS made it. Overtimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We made it. We did it. Woo! We did it. We did it, and we did. It. And this is we we made it. And to kick it off, this is. Episode 171, Podcast versus Everyone. Uh, I'm Craig Powers. With me, as always, is Jeff Newser. And Jeff, I know you're talking about these football games, but I know what, we, what we're much more hyped about is yeah. the other type of football. Um, yeah. The WSU soccer team finally, finally getting a, a win that they've deserved uh, uh. early in this year. Uh, yeah. But, waiting until the la- very, very last moment to grab yeah. that win. As, as we in the soccer community say at the death is, is when they got it. So yeah, I'm like, I'm floating on a cloud dude. So they played at Seattle U tonight. I, I, I really wanted to go and just for my family, it just did not work out Thursday. You would think the Thursday night before school has even started would be fine. Except we had, uh, we had football practice tonight. We had so we had that for one kid, and then another kid, the older kid, had marching band because his high school's team was uh, opening the season tonight. So uh, going to Seattle was not was not really in the cards. But uh, it was uh, so watching watching it on watching it on ESPN Plus uh, after I got done doing my fantasy football draft that I also had to do. Well, my kid was practicing. I watched the last 30 minutes or so of the game and it was one, one, uh, Cougs had taken a pretty early lead. It, I guess it pretty dominated the first half. Second half was a little, little more even. And, you know, again, same, same kind of story. They were, um, out shooting, uh, the opponent shots on goal. I don't, I can't speak to how quality the chances were, but certainly, you know, you and I are big fans of shot volume. And once again, uh, they were practicing shot volume and yet, of course, they, you know, Seattle, you nicks a goal and, and then it's looking like it's heading for a draw. And with about what about I think about seven minutes to go. Uh, ball was in the in the box, kind of bouncing around, uh, looked like they had scored the go ahead goal. But uh, and I think it was Sidney Studer who who put it in. 
and they called a so okay so it's mixing around there's a collision and the Seattle U player falls and the ball is at the feet of Sydney Suter and she punches it in starts celebrating ref turns towards the center circle points to the center circle which is the universal sign for okay that's a goal and then like two seconds later he waves it off and it's like wait you can't do that <laughs> like that's you don't you don't get to decide after the fact that wait it looks like the player in the box is really hurt now I'm gonna give a foul maybe yeah. there was oh, like someone an, laying on the ground what? yeah like the only thing I can think of and I don't know because you know this is a you know a low quality ESPN plus whack production right so um, the only thing I can think of is that maybe maybe one of the assistant referees uh, the, you know the the dude for the Called listeners those, who don't yeah. know that's the people with the on the sidelines with the flags um, you know maybe one of them uh, raised their flag but I can't even imagine that because the AR on that end of the field was on the far side and the collision took place right in front of the referee, like literally right in front of him. Um, and so he waves it off. Schulenberger fucking loses his mind as he should have get picks up a yellow card in the process. And it's just like, fuck, here we go again. Right? Like completely dominating complete, you know, one way traffic. Uh, as we say in soccer, it's all down at one end and we're shot peppering them with shots and, getting opportunities and, and again, just not breaking through. And it was corner after corner after corner and every single corner, uh, you know, it was really interesting. The Seattle U keeper was being extremely aggressive on corners, like anything in the box. She was trying to punch out of the way, which, um, you know, was, was super interesting. So what the Cougars did on the last corner <laughs> with, uh, you know, about 50 seconds to go, they didn't, you know, kind of curl it in. And I can't remember who took the corner, but instead of sort of curling it in right in front of goal, um, she hit it to the far post. So kind of hit it over the keeper. And so the keeper kind of got out of position, came out, ball goes sailing over her head. Uh, Micaiah Maness, uh punches it back across the face of goal. And then Jenna Studer, Sydney Studer's sister, who transferred from Arizona, uh, banged it home. Uh, right in front of goal for the for the goal with 45 seconds to play, and then uh, it was just sort of desperation for Seattle U from there, and they didn't they they just got sort of hoofed it forward with really no shot on goal for the last 45 seconds. It was totally deserved, really nice. Um, you know, soccer things tend to come around like that, right? Like if you generate enough chances, um, you're gonna you know if you have a game like the Michigan game where you lose and maybe you feel like you should have done better, you were hard done. You know, this is kind of game where it's like, yeah, it, it, it comes back around. So uh, really nice to not, you know, have another draw, um, you know, two wins on the trot now. So life is good if you're a, if you're a WC soccer fan. Yeah, so two, one and one. And uh, and that's that's like, you know, not the worst start given the schedule so far. Um, yeah, they, they could very easily be four and oh. And and there's nothing to say from the play you've seen early that they're not going to be a, a very good team again that's going to push in the NCAA and potentially can go in the second weekend and all that stuff. Um, so that that's exciting. Uh, they got uh, if if uh, I, I hate when they do this. Like maybe there's a volleyball game. No, I don't know. Like they they have a Sunday game 
So like it's a Sunday after a football game, but it's at 6 p.m., um, which is kind of a bummer. Like, yeah, if it, if you put it at like one, I might, you know, maybe yeah. I could stay. I've done that before, stayed and watched the match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not staying until six and getting home at uh, one o'clock in the morning. Sorry. No, that's <laughs> sorry. Cause that's asking. That's that. asking a little bit much. I wonder if uh, I don't know. Could have to do with travel for the other team. Could have to do with just the fact that you know they played tonight. Maybe they wanted that extra few hours. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, that was awesome. Wish I could have gone since it was in Seattle. But, alas, it was not to be tonight. Yeah. That and if been, I did that, we wouldn't that be recording cool. this show. So, yeah. yeah, we kind of had to do that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. this was kind of now or never. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm driving to Pullman at, like, you know, and somewhere yep. in the middle of the day tomorrow. So, yep. which, hey, I'm driving to Pullman tomorrow. Woo! It's football season. Hell Woo! yeah. 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 Ugh. I'm excited. This is so exciting. I'm going to be tailgating on Saturday. Uh, you know, all that good stuff. Watching the Cougs in Martin Stadium. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's football season, the shortest season. So you just have all this anticipation. And, and then finally, finally, <laughs> finally, it's here. For 12 damn games over 13 damn weeks like yeah it's crazy absolutely crazy yeah so let's uh let's let's talk it's football season uh we've kind of made a tradition um to do these probability predictions uh before each season uh instead of going one by one and picking win loss win loss uh we give a probability for each game from zero to one uh, zero to one. So anywhere in between. Uh, so, you know, you could say you have a 50, 50 shot and then we add that up at the end. We add up the probabilities. So you get a, a cumulative probability and that's where you get the number of wins that we're predicting. And last year, I, I want to say we were, we are, our, our, um, I know your, uh, when picking win loss, you were at four and eight, but I believe we were both at around six and six when we yeah. predicted. Um, uh, on, on the thing. So usually like if you put a probability on it, you're going to often be more accurate, um, um, than just going win loss because, uh, you, it, it kind of accounts for winning the, you know, winning a, a weird game here and there or, or losing a game you shouldn't here and there. Um, so that's, that's always a fun, you know, cause yeah, there's always games like that could WC might have a 30% chance to win. You're going to say loss. But if, right. you, but if you put a point three on it, then you're kind of giving yourself some credit if they actually win. Um, yep. so yeah. Um, so, so we, we're going to, how we're going to do this. We're just going to run through game by game, uh, all, all 12 regular season games. And then, uh, I'll let Excel do the math, um, for me. Um, and we'll, we'll just go, um, give our probabilities and Jeff, um, of course, it is Idaho this weekend, Battle of the Palouse. Um, you know, now, now a once every five or six years thing. Um, and, uh, so it'll be a, it'll be a, probably be a nice crowd in Martin Stadium because it'll be a lot, a lot of Idaho fans. Um, and so I don't know if that will impact anything, but obviously Idaho's FCS, a middling big sky roster at this point. Um, so Jeff, let's, uh, with all that in mind, uh, what, what is your probability prediction? For Idaho at home, yeah. Uh, so uh, 
Idaho obviously uh, dropped down to FCS not that long ago, uh, which was sort of seen as a, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, that's, that's, you know, where they had been, you know, whatever, 30 years ago. Right. And okay, they'll go down there. They'll be a little more competitive. And as it turns out, they actually kind of still suck <laughs> even at that level. Um, yeah. but I mean, I'm glad we're playing Idaho. Uh, I, I do think it's, it's cool and important to play Idaho, um, at least occasionally. I, I don't know that it needs to be an every year thing in football, but, um, every few years I think is a really good idea. And, um, so that all that said, you know, they have a new coach, which is, uh, which is cool. They hired the guy who I want to say, all right, I'm looking, I'm looking here at Brian Anderson's thing real quick. I'm trying to remember. Okay. It was at South Dakota state, which was a, uh, a really good FCS program. So uh, we'll see if that guy, he was the offensive coordinator there. We'll see if that guy can inject some life um, into that program. If he can, uh, I don't think it happens this weekend. So I'm going to go ahead and say this is a 100% WSU victory. One, I'm not so even giving the 99. This you're is giving a 1.0. I'm giving a 1.0. You're just giving a 1. Yep. All right. Well, No chance of a um, loss. <laughs> yeah. That is that is bold, my friend. Bold, bold. Um, you know, I I've seen WSU lose uh, uh, FCS games in the past. Now those ended up being two pretty good FCS teams. Um, but this, I, I again, I'm with you. I I don't see Idaho being all that good. I, I'm sure even Idaho fans would agree on that. Think about Idaho. You search Idaho football coach on Google, and they don't, they it's not even registered that they have a new coach. Um, so it still says Paul Petrino is the football coach. Um, even, even though it, it says on his Wikipedia that he's currently the offensive coordinator at central Michigan. Um, so this is, it's pretty funny. Um, Google's automatic, but then you, you scroll down and it says Eck named Vandals Vandal football 36 head coach. Um, yep. so yeah, I'm 30, I'm, 36 I'm, uh, by the way. Hold on, hold on. 36. Uh, yeah. Jake Dickert is the 20th. 20. They've had 20. Yeah. Which is still yeah. quite a few. But like yeah. 36, man. That's a lot. If you think about ah. it, like I don't know how long they've been playing football. If you figure it's like roughly 100 years-ish, that's basically a coach every three years. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Anyway. But – Anyway, so I'm I'm with you. I'm just go gonna go with the full full one here. hundred uh, percent chance ski. to win. Uh, of course, there's never a hundred percent chance to win, but we're just I'm I'm gonna boldly just like you go with a one here. Um, then it gets a lot tougher. And but I'm <laughs> yeah. so this is a this is a trip that I and many Cougs have been planning for four years, however long this game has been mm-hmm. on the schedule. Um, and I remember yeah. planning like. I remember bringing it up with Marnie and Corey while we were like drinking at their house like four years ago. And, and yep. we were like committed to it then. And we're going and Amanda's going to her first away WSU football game um, and all this stuff. So she, she and we and got as, Brian as it Katie. turns out, by the way, you, you really needed about four years of lead time to plan for this one because of the, the, the travel and lodging situation around that area. Like you kind of had to, you kind of had to have a little vision for how you wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, it's, uh, uh, Madison's a hell of a lot bigger than Pullman. Uh, but it's still, you know, the stadium seats 80,000 and, and 
that it makes it, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot like booking a hotel in Pullman. Um, you, you gotta kind of do, I like, I booked my hotel like, uh, almost like a 10 months in advance. Um, and you're staying in Madison. I am staying in Madison. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. A lot of people staying in Chicago. Uh, Well, we're, we're flying into Chicago and then we're, um, we're, then we're going up. We're staying a night in Chicago with a friend and then we're going up to, uh, to, to Madison, um, to, uh, to stay for a couple nights. Um, if, if anyone out there, uh, needs a hotel in Madison, I haven't, I, I booked two of them. Um, it, I have it for Thursday through, uh, Thursday through Sunday. I still have it. I could, I could put it in your name, reach out to me on Twitter if you want it. It's, uh, it's, it's not cheap. It's like 300 bucks a night. But if you're, if you really need a hotel in Madison, let me know. Um, otherwise I'm just going to cancel it. Um, because I already got mine and, uh, I, I always book multiple. I do it for Pullman too. I've already had people that are using my other hotels that I've booked, you know, just, I always, I've covered all my bases. Don't worry. Um, smart man. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's gonna be quite a few cougs there. Uh, it's going to be a nice traveling contingent. Uh, we will not be particularly noticeable in, uh, in, in, in uh, what is it? Camp Randall. Um, like it's, we're just not going to, you know, our section's not going to be too dis- dissimilar in colors from their sections. So that'll be interesting. Um, I, I know obviously we've, this is the third time WSU has traveled here in recent memory. Um, uh, is it second or third? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just 2007 and did yeah. we go another time in between? Is there another no, trip I think in between this is it. Yeah. No, okay. So, so this is the second time. Um, and then hopefully they come back. Uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I think they will. I really think they will. I keep saying that. Yeah. I, I, I think also, I, I really think, do yeah, think the, they will. The, 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 uh, the revenue from the luxury box, the, the luxury seating, it, it makes a huge difference. Um, yep. we're going to have so much more revenue to share. Um, the TV revenue, all that stuff. Like there's just going to be more revenue to share, um, yep. versus, uh, past years. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that'll be awesome if they do. But let's. Uh, so Wisconsin currently ranked number eighteen. Um, so it's it's not you know they're, they're always a top twenty five ish program. Um, yep. uh They will be. Uh, they're always uh, tough. They have big boys on the line. Um, tough, tough inside. Um, a program that likes to run the ball and all that. Classic Big Ten program. Yep. Uh, so pretty scary in that regard. Uh, so Jeff, um, thinking about Wisconsin, um, going with your head and not your, not your heart, what you would love to see. Uh, what, what's your, what's your probability here? Well, I think this is the first game where the cracks in the offensive line show up a little bit. Um, I, I do like our defense's chances to at least hold fairly stout at first. Um, you know, I know we're not like huge on defense, uh, but I think that we are, you know, stout enough up front that we can, uh, perhaps do some things to contain the running attack at least a little bit. But, you know, Wisconsin is one of those teams where it's like, um, you know, they're, they're just going to keep pounding you, right? Like it's, it's like a sledgehammer putting cracks in a wall and then eventually the wall crumbles and falls down. And 
So I, I kind of like this game maybe being close for a half um, and feeling, you know, kind of okay. You know, maybe I, I don't think the offense is going to be able to do a whole lot, but, you know, also I think the defense will look like it's doing okay. You know, maybe it's like a, like a seven point game at halftime, four point game at halftime, something like that. And, uh, but I think, I think in the second half, it, it, it sort of like kind of falls apart. So for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and give us a 20, 20% chance of winning. I think it's, it's, it's close ish for a good portion of the game, but, but I also, I, I just think that Wisconsin's going to, going to kind of wear us out, um, with what they do. And I think the defense is going to be on the field, uh, too long, too long. And so, uh, but, you know, in a close game like that, you know, the, the 20%, I think accounts for a little bit of the variance, you know, when you're playing a team that, you know, likes to control the ball and whatever, I mean, you get a couple turnovers, all of a sudden it's pretty different. So. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving it a little bit higher than you because, you know, I'm going to be there, you know, yelling my um, lungs out, go, going to the, the Cougar pregame before get to get to uh, test out Wisconsin's cheese. They make that they make at the University of Wisconsin against Cougar Gold. They're offering that at the the Cougar tailgate. I'm excited for that. Be nice and sauce. It'll be, it's an early game, two thirty local time there. Um, but we'll be having fun. Uh, so I'm going to give us a, an extra point oh five boost. Um, so I'm given a 25% chance, um, and you have a uh, 20% chance. Uh, so uh, that brings us to uh, Colorado State, uh, the back at home, um, I th- which I think this will probably be, of all the, uh, of the, the, the four early uh, home games, uh, this, I think, without a doubt, will be the most sparsely attended, but... Hopefully the one that you're at, uh, Colorado State. Um, yeah. Colorado, Colorado State was three and nine last year. Not a very good team. Um, where they are at this year, I, I couldn't tell you that much. But um, given you know, given that they were three and nine last year, haven't been very good all of that recently. Do have terrible memories of them um, from the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, so they're you know. It, I think there's some kook fans that still cannot get over that game, even though there have been <laughs> some Anderson. other many. Yeah, Brian especially his the post, and he said it's nearly a decade later, and later, and I'm still genuinely upset by what happened in the New Mexico yeah. Bowl. And then, and I think like especially the fans that were there. Um, yep. Yeah, that that's so. I I think that um and unfortunately I know for sure I'm pretty sure Brian's not going to go to this game, so he's not even going to be able to get some catharsis in person, but. Um, so yeah, there's definitely be some kook fans looking for some healing here, uh, when we play Colorado state, um, I, you know, Colorado state, not very good. We're at home, not going to be a great crowd. I don't think, uh, so, you know, but still being at home is still being at home. Um, so, uh, how are you feeling probability wise Colorado state? This is feeling like prime letdown territory because you got mm-hmm. whiskey, go to Wisconsin, you're going to be super amped for that one. Uh, probably going to lose, right? Uh, you're going to come back. It's going to be the Colorado State game, which is a is the the third game of the season, but is a run of of uh, three home games in four weeks, right? The next week is Oregon. So as you mentioned, this one uh, four probably, and five, four and 
It's four, four and, and five, five weeks. Yes, yes, that's right. Four, it's yeah. four and five. Homecoming the following week, right, against Cal. So um, so it's four and five. If people are not going to a game, this is the one, right? So probably the crowd, as you mentioned, going to not be super great. Um, I just I, – I think this is prime letdown. Now, that doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean I think they're going to lose. Um, but I do think that this is sort of a, a bit of a trap game. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give them a 70% chance of winning this game, which is still pretty high, but um, yeah. maybe it should be a little bit lower. But, yeah, it's this one scares me a bit, I, not because I think Colorado State is necessarily good, um, but they do have a pretty good coach, and at least a guy who I think is a pretty good coach. Um, and Jay Norvell and, and, uh, and it's, it's just a real, it's, it's just a, in a situated in a spot where you just played Wisconsin. The crowd's going to be kind of a lull. You got Oregon the next week. Um, I don't know, man, this, this is prime overlook territory. Yeah. Um, um, given all that, uh, you know, I, I, I feel the same way. And but, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to revise, get, by the way. I'm going to take it down to 60%. 60, give me 60. Okay. I'm take it to 60. But yeah, that's, I talked myself that's into actually, That's actually where, where I was going to, um, <laughs> uh, 60%. We're actually the same. So, we're actually the same person. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I was, I was thinking 60. I was definitely, this one, I do not feel good about this. Hopefully, you know, they, cause yeah, sandwiched between two of the biggest games of the season. Um, yep. uh, you, it's just uh it, you're just gonna get they're gonna get mashed and mauled in in uh in in Wisconsin and yep yeah it's gonna be um might be carrying some that, injuries that kind of early star two p.m. star all that stuff um yep well yeah so um next next we have another tough one but this should be a, a very good crowd. Uh, this would probably be a yes, um, a near a sellout crowd or close to it, yep. I assume, because Oregon will, in all likelihood, be ranked uh, pretty highly. You know, it depends on how their their early season goes. But uh, they do have some um, some tough ones. Uh, obviously, ahead of WSU, they play at Georgia. They host BYU, um, so they definitely have some some tough games. Uh, uh, before WSU, so where they'll be ranked, who knows? Um, but say they, you know, let's they'll probably, um, probably lose to Georgia. Um, is that is that at Georgia or is it like one of those uh, neutral sites? I forget. I I believe. Ooh, that's a good question. I I do know it's in Georgia. It's a chick. It's like it's it's a Chick Fil A kickoff game. It's, so then, or probably it, oh yeah, it's at it's at the Fal- it's at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Yeah, it's, it's probably Falcon in Atlanta. Stadium. Yeah, yep. but that's it's the Georgia home game. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, of course. Yeah, it it's yeah. yeah. Um, at least they won't have to be. Is it Mercedes Benz Stadium's a dome, right? So at least they're not going to have to be outside yes. in the in the in the the humidity of the South in yep. Labor Day yep. weekend. Um, yep. But but anyway, so that game. Um, so it'll be fourth game of the season. I think fans are always hyped for us to play Oregon. Doesn't really matter where they're ranked. Um, they're they're just one of those programs now. Uh, yep. So um, they're going to be good. Oregon's good. They, obviously, they've been recruiting really really well, and um, they're, 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 there's going to be a talent disparity there. Um, WSU seems to play Oregon well. Um, I you know I to me there's some of it is like 
these kids, all these kids grew up in, in Oregon is like the program that they see all the time. And so now they like to get up for, for playing Oregon. So um, that's, that's always my theory on that. Um, yep. But, you know, still really good. Uh, and so what is your uh, probability prediction for Oregon at home? Yeah, I, so Oregon is kind of interesting to me. I wish I was making this prediction after I saw them play against Georgia. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe that's not the best idea just also because like, I don't know how instructive it is that, you know, what, whatever they do against Georgia in Georgia, that may or may not be, um, all that instructive anyway, but like, I'm I'm really curious to see about Oregon. You know, Dan Lanning, obviously new head coach, um, really talented defensive mind. Uh, Oregon's got plenty of talent on defense. The offense is is the question mark, right? So, you know, I'm I'm not really totally sure um, exactly what they are. I'm probably higher on Oregon, I think, than uh, a lot of people are, because uh, a lot of people think they're pretty clear. Um, you know pretty clearly a step behind Utah. I tend to think that they might be able to um, run with Utah. I think it's going to be them and Utah in the PAC 12 championship. And I actually picked them to beat Utah. So, um, so I, I feel like Oregon is actually going to be pretty damn good. And so because of all of that, um, I'm going to go with, uh, let's, let's go with a 30%, 30%, 30, 30%. That's 30%. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, given they're, they're at home, um, I'll give them a little bit of a boost too. I'll go 35%. Um, okay. it's going to be a good crowd. People are going to be hyped. Um, this, the, this, the, the players will be hyped about it. Our offensive line is terrifying in this game. Um, that's, that's a big question mark, but, um, we'll know more about the offensive line by the time we get to this game. Um, um, but yeah, it's so 35%. Um, and now we're moving on to Cal. Um, this should be another good crowd homecoming. Uh, it's, it's, you know, that's always good crowd. Uh, Cal is a, is a weird program and we have got the Cal bullshit. Um, so you have to factor that into your probability. Um, Cal bullshit. Um, is Cal good? You know, John Wilner always hopes they are, uh, but they're probably not. Um, and so I, 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 you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, but it's Cal. So it's just hard to like think, um, logically about this game, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. do your best, do your best yeah. and, and put a probability on it. Yeah. Well, I, I like the fact, you know, we did mention it's, it's the fourth, uh, the last of the four and five, right. But it is homecoming. Yep. So. Uh, that tends to bring out a pretty good crowd, so I'm, you know, I'm sure that was uh, strategically decided uh, to make sure the people show up. So, uh, I, you know, I like that idea. And then I just like I have this general philosophy of that you are what you are until you clearly prove to me otherwise. So, you know, for years and years and years, I picked us to beat Utah, right? Because we just seem to have Utah's number, and I'm like, well, until Utah proves to me that they're not like the team that we somehow figure out a way to beat, then I'm just going to keep picking us right now. Eventually that changed, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's the same place I am with Oregon state. 
And honestly, it's it's kind of the same place I am with Cal. Now I know we've lost to Cal, right? You you know you reference the you know the famous Cal bullshit, but it's like like to me, Cal is what it is until I see something different, you know. <laughs> so like Cal is still a defense forward team with an extremely questionable offense that will probably like it'll probably be a close game. I still think we're the better team. And maybe we win, maybe we don't, but you know, if we're just going, you know, straight talent, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 60%, 60% chance of winning that game. Maybe 55 is the smarter play, but I'm going to go 60 just because I can't stand Cal. Yeah. I'm just going to toss up, you know, 50%. Um, also I'm looking at that CSU and I'm like, I can't put like Cal above CSU. I, I don't know why. Um, so, so 50% <laughs> toss up here. Um, the Cal bullshit, you know, could swing it. Um, you know, but you even just can't the Cal bullshit, the Cal bullshit. You can't, it just is what it is. And it shows up when it shows up. And, you know, last year, the Cal bullshit, kind of was in WC's favor a bit. So you don't, you you just never know what's going to happen. Um, ben, uh, we have a, a, a tough road game um, uh, the next weekend uh, at USC. Uh, USC is another team where you're not really totally sure how good they're going to be. They have a ton of transfers, new coach. Um, USC is always going to be ranked high based on their talent. Um, but we've seen them underperform for so many years. Maybe Leak and Riley doesn't let them, you know, maybe they finally don't underperform. Um, they definitely, you know, they brought in like, I, I saw there's 19 transfers in their, uh, two deep. And so, which is insane. Um, but you know, that, that probably won't matter by the, the sixth game of the year. Um, but yeah, it's just USC at USC, uh, always uh, just, you know, I, I, I've been to, USC, like watched WSU beat USC in the Coliseum. But other than that, like it always just seems like it's just a really tough place. WSU doesn't get calls there very often. Although, you know, I'm of the, I'm of the opinion that USC and UCLA should not get a single fucking call for the next two seasons. Um, (laughs) but you know, that, that's not what Klyakov said. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, like we don't, we don't need to, we don't need to make them look better for uh the big 10 um but but yeah so um wsu at usc tough road match i think wsc's won there like five times all time maybe <laughs> maybe less than that yeah. actually um one of which you were at one of which i was at one of which was in 1997 yeah um i don't the, know the when the other the ones block, were the famous catch in the block the catch in the block i don't know when the other ones were um but uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, uh, Jeff, what's your probability prediction for, uh, at USC? Yeah. So I, because of all the things you mentioned again, I, I don't really know what USC is. Um, all the transfers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I do think that, you know, obviously ton of talent on offense, but I think the defense is really questionable. Um, like the the talent level there, I think is questionable, um, and I know we still have a lot of fans who still sort of worship Alex Grinch, but <laughs> he was like, for the life of me, I still can't figure out why uh, 
why Lincoln Riley brought him to USC. Yeah. Um, because if you look at those Oklahoma teams, it's like, like the defense is not great. And if we're being, you know, really honest, the defense was, was the weak point, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I, so I don't, I mean, you know, Lincoln Riley obviously believes in something with Grinch and that that's fine. But, um, I don't know, man. Like I, I like our chances. I, I probably like our chances a little better in this game than, than probably most people will. Um, just because like I said, it's, I, I think that USC is going to have a great offense. The defense I think is super questionable. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give us a 35% chance of winning that game. 35%. I think it's still like a, like a one in three situation, but you know, one in th- I mean, you tell me one in three of winning in Los Angeles. We don't have a one in three track record down there. So I think that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that we still have a lot of Southern California guys on the team. And yep. this is them their chance to play in front of their, their families. Um, uh, that's always a big deal. Um, I, I, I just I, I don't know how dominant USC is going to be this year. It. You just yeah. perpetually assume they're going to underperform whatever people think they are. So if they're if they're a top fifteen team right now, maybe they're actually like a twenty five ish team. And if they're the twenty five ish team, you think a WC has a lot better chance of of beating. Um, so but I'm so I'm yeah. with you. I'm I'm gonna do thirty. I'm gonna do thirty five percent for this. Um, yeah, like yeah against uh a, a, maybe a defense. You know that. You know, maybe the our offense because I, I it's weird to say I I, I think our offense is going to be the weak side this year, and yep. in the past it's always like oh want to play those teams that have you know good offense bad defense like we do, but now it's yep. like eh, maybe we want to play the the teams that um have like uh, a bad offense so our good defense can yeah. keep the totally score agree. down for our other teams, um so yeah like so that that's what gives me. Um, you know, I, I'd rather play the bad defenses and yeah, I don't, I don't, it, given what the talent that he had to work with at Oklahoma and the, the results that he produced, I, I don't know what's going on with Grinch. Um, you know, he did some great things at WSU. He also had some pretty epic bad games yeah. at WSU too, but, also true. um, so cause he, cause he does play a, a bit, you know, a, a, he does have a style that um, can lend itself to that if, 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 you know, if something's not working, it blows up in his face. Um, but yeah, so we'll move on to Oregon state. Uh, it's been now eight wins in a row of Oregon state. This is at Corvallis. Everyone, um, is, is believing that Oregon state is on the right track. Um, I, sometimes I think this is just a, there, there's like this kind of mythos of a, of like a good assistant, um, that, that, uh, journalists really like, and and so they just put this like belief in that he's always doing the right thing and he's turning the program around. And like in fairness, Jonathan Smith has improved Oregon State. Um, yep. but last year everyone thought they were the next big thing. And then, you know, they they went to Pullman and lost. Yep. And and they, they ended up finishing uh what, third in the in the Pac twelve North. Yep. And 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 so it it's uh it's it's you know are they there yet i don't know um 
we'll, we'll see. Uh, I think they're 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 better than they were. Uh, it's tough to play even even when Oregon State's bad. Playing at Corvallis is tough. Um, the WSU has rarely came out of there with an easy win. Yeah, and uh, even in the stretch of eight in a row, the Corvallis ones have been pretty hairy. Um, yep. Uh, and, and so have some of the Pullman ones. Like you know, the, the last few years, you know, the the, the miraculous comeback uh, on Senior Night uh, to get bowl eligibility last year. It took you know, a, a stop on a, the final drive and like a second half kind of offensive explosion uh, to beat them. Um, but so, so it's like, it, you know, what does, does WCU have enough to, to keep it going? You want to believe that they do, but it, this is, if there was any, uh, a, se- a season that um, the streak is going to stop, this is where you're kind of feeling the least comfortable about this long streak yeah. we have over Warren State. Yeah. So, if given I that, would, Jeff. Yeah, I would feel a lot better if it was in Pullman. Um, I would yeah. also feel a lot better if it was on the road, but not the second of back-to-back road games. And I would feel yeah. even better if it wasn't the second of back-to-back road games, with the previous road game being at USC. So, that, like, when you put all that together. Um, I I think this is the year that Oregon State finally gets us. Um, if this game was at home without all those other factors, I'd be like, yeah, it's probably 50-50, 55-45, you know, something in that area. Um, now, it's it's kind of back to what we were talking about with the, you know, okay, when you make your game predictions, you predict wins and losses are very binary, right? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give the Cougs a 45% chance. I don't think, like, Oregon State is clearly better. Um, I don't think that they're destined to go in there and get ambushed, but I do think that Oregon state, um, that this sets up favorably for them. Um, on the other side of us is, uh, Stanford the week before and Stanford's not great. And Colorado on the other side, Colorado's really not great. And this is a school that has players who have never beaten us. And that is going to be a point of contention. That is going to be a point of motivation, and I really, you know, just kind of with with what we have leading into it, with what they have surrounding it, with it being on the road, um, I'm going to go ahead and go 45%. I think we probably lose, but I still think it's it's close and a something approximating a toss up. Yeah, you know, I, I want to say yeah they're going to lose, but in in respect for the streak, I'm giving it a toss up fifty percent because I almost I would went love, there. That's almost what I did too. Because you know, I would love to make it nine in a row over, and you know, to WSU to have this long of a football streak over any other Pac-12 yep. school is insane. Um, and, and to have it be to have it be a regional kind of rival, um, which. Oregon State could definitely be much more of a rival uh, than people want it to be. I sometimes I wonder, like, why isn't it more of a rival? I think it's just because of the West Coast football kind of nature. Um, yeah. But because uh, I, I think if if, there, if this was an equivalent in like the South or the Midwest, yes. like these these two schools would absolutely hate each other. There would be absolutely. some trophy involved and all that stuff. Yep, there um, is a trophy. I, I do know there, there is, is a there? trophy. I cannot remember what it's called, but there is one. Like it's like it actually had. There's like a name for this thing, but maybe we've already. I feel like we've already went over this. 
Um, I think we did. Uh, so anyway, continue. I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah. So, well, no, there's so there's an article from 2020 on CFC that says Prof says after 117 years, WSU and OSU should play for a trophy. So maybe they they don't play for a trophy. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but they should. I agree. Did you did you know that it's the platypus trophy for the Oregon State Oregon rival? That's I, fantastic. You know what? I did not I'm know just that. seeing that because we probably Googled the same thing trying to figure this out. Yeah, and I see that now. That that's that's, that's fantastic because platypus is kind that of is. like a duck beaver. That's amazing. Yes, that's with like awesome. a stinger because it's from Australia. Um, yeah, I love it. So yeah, yeah, I, it should have a trophy. Played that many damn years, you know. Played played each other a million times. Um, one of the few teams that WSU has a winning record over in the conference. One of the, I think the only team, uh, maybe Utah. still. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, Oregon state, I give 50, 50, U almost. Um, now we move on to a PAC 12 scheduling special. Um, yep. Utah, who's currently ranked in the top 10, um, on a yeah. Thursday night in in Pullman, yes. so there's going to be no one there. Um, yep. I and uh, you know that there'll be students, um, but you know that it's Utah. Even if Utah's ranked highly, I it's it's still like it's not like the name brand recognition, um, but. Yeah, it's this is just gonna be. I, I'm 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 definitely trying to make it there. I'll probably like work in Pullman on that Thursday, and then like I'll go over Wednesday night, work in Pullman on Thursday, work in yeah, Pullman on Friday. That awesome. You know, because I start a new just don't you know just start a new job. I, I don't have a ton of PTO um, built up yet. Um, yeah, yeah, um, but but uh, but but yeah. So that's gonna be an, an interesting one. Um, I was even going to have that issue because all the PTO I took for uh, other, you know, getting married and yeah. shit earlier in the year. Um, but yeah, so man, the Thursday games, not the, not the best of, best of situations. Uh, uh, definitely obviously a TV focused thing. Um, which is fine in, in metropolitan areas where people could just go get off work and go to the game. Um, but that's not the case in Pullman. Um, so yeah, that it will definitely impact uh, attendance, and it sucks because it's um, our only home game in like a month and a half stretch, uh, and it's a Thursday game, which is just so fucking annoying. Um, but uh, you know that's at, and that's you know after the buy, so they get they their one buy is not like even like a true buy, but um, so yeah, uh, Utah at home, uh, Utah's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Everyone, everyone thinks they're going to be like a dark horse CFP contender this year. Uh, so given that, what's your? Oh, you're you're on mute. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep talking. <laughs> no, I'm, oh, I'm you're back. back. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I would like this. I would like our chance a lot better if Utah wasn't also coming off a bye, uh, like we are. Yeah. But utah utah's coming off a bye but the previous game is against usc obviously that's going to be a big premier massive you know pac-12 south matchup or at least we think it's going to be 
Um, and then, of course, they got to come to Pullman on a Thursday night. So the fact that, you know, they're going on the road Thursday night, coming off a big game, even with a bye, um, you know, I think there's I think there's a chance that this is, um, you know, that this is closer than, than we think. Um, you know, maybe we get some of that air raid voodoo that we had with Mike Leach against Utah. Um, that turned out fantastic. So I'm going to go ahead and give us a 40% chance of beating Utah that night. Ooh. A little Ooh. Thursday night weirdness. Yeah. Because I do I, I'm think not Utah quite is that. going to be very good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not quite that confident. I, I also think Utah is going to be very good. If this was a Saturday game and the crowd was hyped and full and packed and and the atmosphere was there. I just don't think we're going to have that. I think that. that might work in our favor, to be honest. Like, like sometimes a dead crowd can have as much of an effect on the road team as the home team. So. Fair enough. They're yeah, not going to want to be. They're not going to want to be there on a Thursday night, right? In That's Pullman. true. So I don't know. But anyway. I'm 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 giving us even at home. I'll give I'll give us a 35 percent chance to win. Um. I'm 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 just you 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 saw when they released it was funny when they did the Pac-12 the release schedule show there was like one graphic that said it was 27 28 or 29th and then they like quickly changed it to say the 29th and everyone was like oh that one's gonna be on Thursday we haven't had a Thursday game in a long time we're kind of due for one uh that's definitely gonna be a Thursday game and then it, sure enough it was a Thursday game um yep. then after that uh WSU goes back on the road um and heads uh down to the bay area to another team that they have a nice winning streak over um i believe it's 5 at this point right um yep. to play stanford um once mighty not so mighty anymore um oh. definitely predicted towards the bottom of the the conference uh for, for by many prognosticators but it is a road road game um, but it's they do get kind of a, a longer time period. It's kind of like a mini buy going into this game um, since they do get the weekend off uh, ahead of it. Uh, so they head to Stanford. This is going to be a huge, huge game for Bull, Bull Hopes, I think. Yep. Um, yep. It, it's going to be late in the season. We're going to be looking at this one like, yeah, we need this. Um, yeah, so uh, given that, what's your what's your thoughts uh, on Stanford? Yeah, I you know, there's a lot of talk about Stanford being better this year. They they of course were very finished very badly last year. Um part of it was us beating them, but they lost to a lot of other people to to close out the season. I, I am I remain unconvinced that somehow like everything's going to be fine. Like I just they've been trending the wrong direction t- to me for too long. It's not like they just had one season it was like, "Oh man, just so weird. Like bad results one season, injuries, whatever." They've been trending this way for a while, and the identity that they had of you know strong running attack, but but more than that, the the really punishing defense. Those two things have not been there, and to me, the most concerning is the defense that they haven't done that. So that's one thing. I I don't think Stan. I still think Stanford's going to be pretty weak. Um, and then, as Brian Anderson points out, you know, I love these kinds of things. Uh, the week before. Uh, Stanford is going to be at uh, UCLA the week after. They're going to be at Utah. Um, and then after Utah, they've got their big game against Cal, and then they finish against BYU. Little old WSU, 
uh, is just kind of sitting there. They, they've got the same situation as Oregon State with a bunch of people that have never beat us. Um, but I just like it doesn't it doesn't feel as urgent to me as Oregon State does. Like I like as I mentioned, I think Oregon State's going to be like super motivated for that game. I do not think that Stanford's going to be in that same spot. Um, so I think, you know, where I might be inclined to make us, you know, maybe, maybe make it sort of a 50, 50 game, um, down there, I'm going to make us a slight favorite at like 55%. Yeah. I, I, I think Stanford is bad. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be pretty bad. I, I, yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think Stanford's going to have that same fire. Like, I think maybe the, you know, the, um, the, you know, some of the, like the coaching staff will try to impose, impose that on them. But I think a lot of the Stanford players are like, it's still WC. What are you talking about? I, um, I feel and then, way too. And, and then, and then I think the same goes for their fans. It's not going to be the atmosphere, like, you know, that, that WC will face Oregon state when, uh, um, which is always WSU that that's pretty volatile and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go 60% WSU win this game. I think they'll really need it. And I think that on the balance, they should win it and hopefully they do. Um, then they come back home. Um, it's our favorite time of year to play Arizona schools in Pullman is in November. And that is one favor that, uh, Somehow the Pac-12, with all the stupid crap they do with WSU schedules, they almost always put the Arizona schools in Pullman in November, which, thank you. That's like, that we definitely, because we hate going down there. Uh, it's, it's a nightmare to go down there, but it's always, we get that other way around where Arizona schools have to come and play WSU when it is really cold outside. Um, and it very clearly affects them because, uh, yep. you know, they've had some rough, you know, Arizona's had some rough games up here. Arizona State's had some rough games up here. Um, so, yeah, Arizona State, another team, you're like, eh, I don't really know. Like, they're kind of a middling team. Um, so I, I like that. Um, I think these are going to be two teams that will be fighting for bowl eligibility here. Um, so that, that, that'll, put, that'll put some more, um, more importance on this game. Uh, so Arizona state, Jeff at home, November 12th, what are you thinking? I think that Arizona state is going to crash and burn this season. This is a program that's heading in the wrong direction of Herm Edwards, lots and lots and lots of program turmoil, NCAA investigation. Uh, you know, it's just all of these reasons why Arizona state maybe, and then lots of transfers out too. That was the other thing. Uh, large amount of coaching turnover, large amounts of transfers out, including Jaden Daniels heading out. Uh, the one guy I thought, okay, made them you know potentially really special, and we beat them last year. So uh, on the road in our house of horrors. So yeah. all of those things together, when I project out Arizona State season, and I think they are probably going to be worse than we think, I, I tend to think they're going to be circling the drain when they come to Pullman at that point, I don't know if Herm Edwards will be fired at that point, uh, but he could be well on his way to being fired. So I'm going to go ahead and give us a 60% chance of winning that game at home in November. Yeah. In the freezing cold. Yeah. You know, I have, I have even, um, even higher hopes than you, you know, cause I just, I just love 
the fact that, like you said, like their their program's headed the wrong, a different direction, the wrong direction, and 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 they got to come and play in the cold and probably rain in Pullman. Um, it's it's just going to be uh, a probably gross weather. Um, it's yep. probably this 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 has 7 p.m. start written all over it. 7:30 yes, it start written all over yes, it. it on 7:30 Pac-12 network start yep. all over it. Yep. Um. So I'm I'm loving that. Uh. So I'm gonna actually I'm, I'm gonna go 70 uh, percent to BSU. I feel feeling very good. Like as soon as the schedule was released, I was like, yeah, that's a one. I I like that one right there. Yep. And so th- this is then we get to. The, the penultimate game of the season, mm, which is yes. is a weird one. It is a weird one. Um, Arizona has been god awful for yep. many years, uh, like like near Paul Wolf level awful uh, program. Um, they, uh, but they have worked that transfer portal, and they added a lot of guys, including Jaden Delora. Um, yep. And so that will be uh, that will be interesting if you know Jaden's healthy and playing in this game against WSU. Um, that yep. that adds a little bit of flavor to everything. Um, you know, we we always you know love Jaden Delora for beating the Huskies, but uh, it, but he's gonna definitely have some motivation. He's that type of guy, that type of personality. He's gonna use that chip, um, you know, against the Cougs, um, even though he's the one that left or whatever. But uh, you know, so <laughs> in theory, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, this will be an interesting one in Tucson. It never like playing in the desert ever. Um, even against some bad Arizona teams, it's never like doing that. Um, and you know, we don't get that advantage. It's November. It's going to be hot. Uh, so Arizona, at Arizona, November nineteenth, Apple Cup the next week. What are you thinking? I think the Cougs still have a talent advantage. Um, I still think that Arizona is a ways away from being truly competitive. Um, you know, we we we've seen what it takes to take your program from historically awful to competitive, right? Like it's, it, you know, Mike Leach showed up. You know, yeah, we got into a bowl game the second year, but that was. You know, that was, that was tenuous, right? You know, as, as signified by, you know, the following year going, you know, three wins again, it's, it is tough to crawl out of a really deep hole. And I just think Arizona is not there yet. Now I do think there is, um, as you mentioned, some, some potential for the, for some Jaden Delora magic where he's, you know, super duper motivated. Um, you know, he's an emotional kid. You know, we saw that over and over. Um, you know, obviously very talented. I, I do know that, Part of what's going on there, there's some you know some rumblings that uh, maybe Delora's not picking up the offense quite as quickly as Jed Fish would like. Jed Fish is a guy who comes from the NFL. Those guys tend to have you know notoriously complicated offenses. So I'm real curious to kind of see how that goes down. Um, I, I like our chances in this one a lot. Actually, I still think Arizona is going to be pretty bad. Um, I, I think that, you know, even, even though Delora is going to be motivated, I still don't think that's quite enough. And in fact, I think, you know, as we saw with him last year, uh, you know, sometimes when he's overly hyped, he, he, you know, makes mistakes. Yeah. So, yep. um, I'm going to, I'm going to vote for overly hyped here and go for Coog's, uh, 60% chance of winning on the road in this game. Um, which, 60% you know, is, on is, the road. Yeah. Is, you know, that. 
that's high for the road, but also maybe seems kind of low for the talent. And so I'm just gonna, I'm I'm trying to kind of account for the Jaden Delora factor in case maybe he just you know plays out of his mind. Yeah, it's 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 hard for me to put any road game above fifty fifty. So I'm just gonna go fifty totally fifty on here. That's totally um, fair. So so yeah, I'll go fifty fifty. Yeah, and and it's the end of the year. You know, like we get to the to the eleventh game, your roster may be looking your two deep is looking very different from what it did yeah. uh in game one. So we don't even know, you know, so I'm going fifty fifty. Um and that brings us to a game historically when we've done this has gotten no more than a zero. But zero percent. Thanks thanks in part to our buddy Jaden Delora. It is now yeah. Like a that. whole new world, a whole new world of possibilities in the Apple Cup. We now, we could dream of a time with WSU because we literally could just like, it, we don't have to think about how, you know, young our children were or that our children yeah. didn't exist, when, you know, or, or, you know, or anything like that. Um, when then we beat UW, uh, both my children were alive the last time we beat UW <laughs> and, and, and one well, of them's only a year and a half old, so. Um, so yeah, uh, this definitely, this game is a whole different feel, um, than it, than it did when we've done these predictions before, not this automatic zero. Maybe you're going to give it a zero. I'm, you know, I don't think I'm going to do that this time, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, the Apple cup, you dub, you know, uh, they, I mean, they, they weren't good last year as people yeah. still want to believe they're going to be, you know, they, they still got predicted like pretty high. It, yep. by a lot of people um they want him to be good uh but yeah well they were four and eight last year so yep. i don't um and they were every bit of four and eight um yep yeah they had some turmoil but you know they have a new coach uh i probably for a lot of huskies like a for you dubs pedigree like a pretty underwhelming hire to be honest uh yeah. but he's a he's a good he's a good coach uh he's he's you know, um, but you know, he's kind of, uh, a bit recruited like, a like a mountain West coach moving to a power five school, yep. which WSU has seen it's itself. Um, uh, so, you know, maybe UW isn't getting quite that talent advantage that it, it may have had in the past. Uh, still, you know, they still have a lot of, uh, very highly regarded players on their team. Uh, they just doesn't it hasn't quite clicked for them. Um, you know, a lot of a uh, lot of prognosticators see them bouncing back a bit this year. Uh, we'll see. I, you know, I don't I don't think they're a four and eighteen, but I, I could see them being better than that. But um, still, uh, WSU beat their fucking ass last year at, at yep. UW, um, and let's uh, given that, like, where where are you going this year? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Like, I'm not buying this idea that, oh, they were just, you know, so poorly coached and dysfunctional that you just, you know, get a functioning coach in there and everything's going to be fine. Like, I'm just I'm just not buying that. Um, I watched them play multiple times last year. I watched them play against us. Um, a team does not lose, you know, 40 to 13 just because they're just not feeling it, right? Like, there was a there is a talent situation going on. Um, you know, where they just, they're not what they were in terms of talent. And so, 
yeah, are they, you know, did, did coaching maybe cost them a, you know, like, I just don't see how you can make the argument that, oh, uh, you know, on talent, that was an, I don't know, an eight win team or a nine win team and the coaching and dysfunction right. you, cost them yeah. five you games. Could, I mean, you, is that what you're trying you, to tell me? You could definitely. You could definitely say that Peterson was not recruiting at the level that his predecessors were recruiting. And, and it was, you know, he, he's, he's a very good coach, but, you know, he left. And then, then when Lake comes in and now, um, you know, it's like, it's just, uh, yeah, yeah they, they don't, didn't have those top recruiting classes. They're not landing all the top kids from Washington right. like they used to. Yeah. And, and they're and starting so it's just, Michael Penix Jr. as I'm watching Jake Hayner you know, play for Fresno state. Right. It's like they, that's so funny. I, I just don't, I don't know, man. Like when we say, Oh yeah, they're going to bounce back. Like what are we, like, what are we talking? Are we talking like, are, are they, are they going to go back to winning nine games or are we talking like, Oh, well maybe they'll contend for bowl eligibility. I, I tend to sort of think it's like that. So um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 50, 50. I'm going to go straight yeah. 50% Apple Cup Pullman Saturday Apple Cup Pullman, which means yes. we might actually have some fucking students in the stands after Thanksgiving, maybe. Um, maybe. So I'm going to go 50-50. Well, you're going to make them come back a day early on their on their Thanksgiving <laughs> break when, know, when they're going to go back home in two weeks after that? Yeah. Um, uh, it's asking a lot, I know. Uh, I know. Um, uh, but just remember, students, coming back to Pullman when you don't have classes is just super fun. It's super fun. Yeah. Um, it's like always advocate for that. Yeah. Especially yeah. the football game, you get the automatic party atmosphere. You dubbed the Apple Cup, just the intensity, wonderful stuff. I, I think there'll be a good contingent of, uh, of students I think there. So too. Um, and I, I, I definitely, you know, it'll be sold out on, on the alumni side. Yeah. You know, there's, this is the only game that matters for a lot of our fans, which I feel for them, uh, there. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just still hard for me. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to go 50, 50 as well. Um, you know, it's, it's a rivalry. Anything can happen. Uh, so we're going 50, 50. Um, so what I'm going to do now is, uh, uh, sum up our um our totals here um and uh this we'll is going to come out our, higher on my end than i thought it would it's going to come so, out more optimistic uh, what, than i thought what would what is your what what do you say where where would you have thought you would have get or what did you do game by game for your uh Coug center uh pick em? so i've not done it yet um, but I figured I would probably end up right around six and six. I'm thinking I, like, just like off the top of my head, am I, am I over seven? No, no. Am I close to seven? Uh, you, uh, no, actually you no, are really? almost right on six and six. We're both oh, okay. almost right on All six right. and six. Okay. Um, you're at six, <laughs> you're at six point, you're at 6.15 and I'm at 6.2. So, That's hilarious. um, which honestly, yeah, like uh, I would definitely take. Okay, a so six that and feels about right this. to me. Yeah, I would definitely take a six and six out of this season. Um, yep. This is a you know a new coach, a new offense, 
shaky in, in some positions. Um, it, you know, it's six and six to get to a bowl game again, um, would be fantastic. Uh, keep that kind of streak of non COVID seasons alive. Um, yep. with a, you know, and so that would, that would be great. Um, so yeah, 6.2 for me, 6.15 for you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, um, I always have a number in my head before I ask you, and then you're so close to my number, like every single time. Um, so <laughs> we are the same person. Yeah. People don't um, know this. So, so yeah, that took a, a, a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, we're an hour and seven deep already. Um, but yeah, so, um, given that again, we both predicted six and six with our probabilities. Uh, given that, uh, let's now take a break and we'll come back and, uh, yeah, we actually got some questions from email. Woo! You guys yeah. sent us email, uh, and we'll be excited. I also i have a i i have to dig back into my mentions. Someone definitely asked me a question on on Twitter. I'll I'll see if I can find that um, while we're on this break, and uh, we'll be back. Yeah, um, that was definitely a real break where I had time to find the <laughs> find the question. I've totally found it now. Um, definitely, um, definitely not like a five second break where I waited and then chatted. No. We're back. No, no, definitely, definitely. definitely um, yeah, but but you know, to give me a little bit more time. Oh, okay, I, I found it. I found it. But we got to um, talk about me a little anyway, bit. So, you know. yeah, a little bit of our time. Um, why don't you uh, let me know what you're drinking? Okay, so uh, I am drinking as we uh, talked about last week. Uh, you know, I picked up a whole bunch of beers from Single Hill, so I'm continuing my Single Hill beer beer journey. I guess uh, this is the Dorado Rama Hazy IPA. Uh, lace up and roll out. It's got roller skates on cool i guess i don't know um but yeah it's called dorado rama which you know means it's made with el dorado some el dorado hops uh looks like the hops came as a collaboration with cls farms which I, I have never heard of but maybe you're familiar with since you're a you're a yakima guy um yep. yeah yeah delicious hazy um a little less like fruity than hazies typically are um a little, it's it's a little more bitter. It's kind of got a little bit more of that West Coast bitterness to it. Um, but yeah, super tasty, very pleasant, and I'm glad I'm drinking it. Very good, very good. Um, you know, you just do same brewery back to back weeks. I'm like just desperately trying to find, like, figure out if I've had a brewery before on the show. Like, I think in 171 <laughs> episodes, I, I've. I've I've maybe like duplicated a brewery like like two or three times. Yeah, um, I think. Um, I think that's so I accurate. try I I try so hard not to, and then you just come in like I picked up a bunch of single here single hill beer last week, and yeah. I'm having another one. 
Um, yes, indeed. So uh, I, I went down, you know, as I said last week, it was Pilsner Fest last weekend. I, I made it, you know, I just extended that thing out. Uh, you know, th- there was definitely some, um, you know, sick kid type stuff. You know, one, one kid hurting another kid, having to monitor the kid overnight. That kind of hamp- hampered some of the Pilsner Fest <laughs> celebration, but... Yep, but uh, but definitely still got in a lot of pilsners last weekend. But I still and so this is one that I got in for Pilsner Fest, but I didn't quite get to. Um, and this is a, a brewery called Occidental out of Portland. Uh, uh, they are very um, heavily uh, lager focused brewery. Um, uh, you know, as I said, you know, Portland has a lot of breweries like that. This is another great one, um, Occidental, and this is. Northwest Pilsner. This is a series they do where they'll collaborate with um, different breweries around the Northwest uh, to make Pilsner, uh, make a Pilsner. Um, and uh, so this is uh, this one was brewed in collaboration with Little Beast Brewing, uh, which you may have seen around. Uh, they uh, they uh, a brewery that was previously at I believe Logston Farmhouse Ales, which used to be kind of one of the kind of was like a legendary brewery. That was focused only on like sour and saison beers um, early on before a lot of other breweries were doing that. Um, but yeah, I think he came from there and started this. They do obviously a lot of um, uh, similar of those farmhouse styles, but they brew other stuff too. Um, so this is uh, they say it's uh, uh, hopped with a North, hopped with Simcoe in the kettle and dry hopped with Talus for a rich and tropical hop aroma. Um, it's a very tasty. Uh, uh, interesting. It's got just like a, a slight haze to it, uh, a little bit hazier than you would normally think of Pilsner. I think that was intentional, to be honest. Um, but it's very good. It's got a nice, kind of very lighter, even a, a very, very light color. Um, very, it does definitely have those the tropical aroma. Um, very, very pleasant, good drinking pills. Uh, enjoy it very much. Um, so that's Occidental Brewing Co. in uh, Portland. Uh, Northwest Pills. Um, and before that, I had a um, Miami Morning Coming Down West Coast IPA from, uh, from Holy Mountain. And it's Holy Mountain and Here Today, which I don't think is a brewery. I, I don't know what that is. Uh, there used to be a time when you could not put um, a non-brewery. You couldn't say you were collaborating with something that wasn't another brewery. That was like against the law. Um, so like, you, you, so there was, um, you know, I, if the, if they weren't already an open brewery, you couldn't say you were collaborating with them. So that, that was always interesting. Um, but I, I think like so many of these laws have just been just kind of ignored at this point uh, through COVID and all that. Um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, that's a beer we're drinking, um, Pilsner Fest forever, baby. Um, and uh, so now let's let's move on to some questions, Jeff. I have one that's gonna. This is gonna. Um, I this this could cause us to spiral, Jeff. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> like it, this this is let's dangerous, do it. but let's do but it. But I'm gonna ask anyway. Um, yeah. uh, ben Thowen, I I I don't know if I'm saying your name right, buddy, but uh, um, sorry, man. Asked me asked me last week, and it was funny. Like uh, he asked me before. The Andershek podcast, but I, I didn't, we kind of talked about this, but, um, so he asked me, 
He says, I'm a true nerd and try to map out roughly how I expect minutes to be distributed for the men's hoops team. Love it, man. Love it. Um, yeah. again, any comments on this and how would you expect Kamani who wins? So however, Kamani to factor in. Thanks. So he has a breakdown of his minutes. And so he has it by position. Um, so he has point guard, Justin Powell playing 70% of the minutes. We'll just go position by position, Jeff. So we'll start with point guard. He has Justin Powell, 70% of the minutes. And just remember, some of these minutes could be spread across different positions for the guys. Yes. But I'll tell you when they're not. Um, okay. So none of, so, so uh, Justin Powell and Miles Rice are not spread across multiple positions. He only has them at point guard. So he has point guard, Justin Powell, 70%, Miles Rice, 25%, Jay Mullins, 5%, and nothing for Dylan Darling. Um, so uh, what do you think about that? How do you feel um, at point guard? And, and and if you know if he, uh, I, I don't think Kamani would be impacting the point guard minutes at all. Um, but um, but uh, what do you think? How do you feel about Ben's prediction on point guard minutes right there? Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think Darling is a, a prime candidate for either a red shirt or playing just sort of garbage time minutes. Um, I think Kamani could end up as a as a lead guard type guy, but I don't think he's there yet. So I, I do think Powell dominates the minutes. I think that I think the breakdown that makes sense to me. I think that works. Um you know, we've said before everything we've heard about Miles Rice um is that he's pretty darn good. Um so yeah, I think I think probably seeing Powell and Rice carry almost all of those minutes I think is is perfectly reasonable. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I definitely think that they, they're hoping, they're looking for Justin Powell to be that guy, um, yes. in this position and they're hoping he's that guy. The only thing where I could see Miles Rice taking over more of those minutes is if Justin Powell is not that guy that, that he was at, uh, at, what was it? Um, Auburn. Uh, Auburn was Auburn. Auburn at Auburn and he's more the person, the player that he was at Tennessee. I could see Miles Rice, um, maybe bumping it up to 35%. Of the minutes, getting getting more more time on the floor, because um, I, I, we know the staff loves him. Um, and then he goes. Uh, so I'll say. Um, so he does have. Remember, he had Mullins five percent point guard. He has a shooting guard Mullins thirty five percent, and then he has Bamba sixty five percent. So Bamba, and then uh, so, but he does have Bamba in. Uh, does have some minutes at small forward as well. But Bamba sixty five percent, Mullins thirty five percent. Um, yeah, I, uh, it, it's, I, I, I think for me, for TJ to play that many minutes at the two, I would hope like he has, he has had taken a, a step forward in his ball handling ability. Yeah. I think there's a chance he plays even more than that, to be honest. Um, at the two just, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess, you know, two, three, you know, tends to be sort of interchangeable to some degree. Yes. Um, with, with the way they run their offense, but. Well, and know, especially, yeah. well, especially with this roster last year, yes. the, the two, the, the two guards were very obviously the two guards, but like, correct. Uh, with, with, but, but like this year, yeah, I think with, with the, the height they brought and everything, like it could definitely yeah. interchange it a lot more. So I, I think that Bomba is going to end up being on the floor 70, 75% just overall. Um, so 
I think that's I think that might might actually be low. I, and I know like parsing two three can be a bit of a fool's errand trying to figure out like, yeah was he playing the two is he playing the three like so for whatever that's worth I, I I do think you'll see a fair number of lineups that are like we just got done talking about point guard I, I think you'll see some lineups where it's you know Rice Powell Bamba um, yes. playing the three those three yes. spots so um, I, and I think a lot of that depends on you know the two things you mentioned which is you know how good of a a point guard is Powell right like if he is if he's really that good, then, you know, maybe he's playing a ton of minutes at lead guard and, you know, Rice is sort of, you know, a you know, 15 minute, 18 minute type guy. Um, but, you know, if, if he's, if it turns out he's actually better off the ball and I, even if he's off the ball, he's not, I, I, I don't think he's going to play that same role he played at Tennessee. Like Tennessee almost had him like as a catch and shoot guy, kind of. Like yep. if he's playing off the ball here, he's still going to have plenty of chances to make plays and pass the ball. Um, so whatever it is, I think Bomb is going to be on the floor probably like three quarters of the time, no matter what, whether he's playing the mm-hmm. two and there's somebody bigger next to him at the three or whether he's playing the, the quote unquote three and Powell's next to him at the two or Mullins is next to him at the two. I think those things, I think, you know, whatever it is, Bomb is going to be on the floor a heck of a lot. Yeah. Which is wild to think. Bamba only played forty five percent of the minutes. I know. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at that right now, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" Like I did not. And that's and I, I and he pl- it was and more he, like fifty five. I mean, but he did he did miss five games, so that would probably he that's probably true. did play fifty five percent of the minutes in the games he was actually active for. So yeah, that's probably that's why probably it feels true. more than what he actually played. Um, yeah. So in conference, so, yeah, it was I, only forty. <laughs> Yeah, because I think that's when he that's when he missed yeah. the that's when he missed yep. games because yep. yeah because he only played he only played sixteen conference games so he missed four of the games were in conference play um so that yeah that's that that's a that that'll explain that but so yeah I I tend to agree with you I I see Powell some of his minutes potentially going to the two so I would see more um maybe Bamba playing the same amount of minutes that he's saying here but like. More of those minutes spread to the three. So now that with that, I'll say at the three, he has Bamba playing five percent. Um, he has Yakimovsky playing fifty percent, and I will say he doesn't have Yakimovsky playing minutes at any other position. So fifty percent just at the three, and then DJ Rodman getting forty percent of the minutes at the three, and then Bamba at five, and then the the wild card here he's got is Rosario picking up a, a loose 5% minutes just at the three, nowhere else. Um, which, you know, that I could, you know, that could, that could happen sometimes. What, uh, in 21, I, I think Rosario, he played three and a half percent of minutes just playing like random at the end of games. Yeah. They had him for like when they were trying to like foul or they wanted someone quick to get to the ball, you know, things like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that you know, so that five percent isn't crazy to me, but um, I don't, I definitely don't think he'll factor in the rotation at all. But uh, so yeah, what are you thinking on 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 the three um, with Andre fifty percent, Rodman forty percent, Bamba five percent, Rosario five percent? Yeah, I I think that there, I think that DJ Rodman will play zero percent of his minutes at the three. Um, I think he is pretty strictly a four at this point. Um, because I think defensively, uh, 
guarding wings is kind of not where necessarily he's at. Um, so he's he's a you know he's essentially a floor spacing four um, at this point. It's it's hard to see a role. And I know, like, he is, you know, he's a program guy. He's a hard worker. He does everything you ask of him. It, it is a little hard for me to see, um, you know, to see a, a significant contributing role for him um, simply because he is he is a four. He's an undersized four. Um, and, and kind of where does that end up fitting when you think, okay, Muhammad Gay um, is, is very likely to play the bulk of his minutes at the four. Right. And, and the same thing kind of goes for Yakimovsky, too, where it's like he's pretty much a four at this point, too. So, yeah, th- there's going to be a minute crunch because when you think of the five, you know, obviously Gay can play some minutes at the five. But I think that's mostly going to go to Jackson. And, and uh, you know, we, we didn't get a good pronunciation here. So I'm just going to go with a D uh, a drama D because I don't know how to pronounce his name, but. I think those two guys are going to pick up, going to play the bulk of the minutes at the five. Um, I don't think there's going to be a ton of minutes available there. And I think if there are minutes available there, I think they're mostly going to go to Yakimovsky. So all that to say, I'm not really sure, you know, kind of how that fits there for him. Um, I do think Yakimovsky will play some at the three. Certainly, I think he's more likely to play some minutes at the three than Rodman. Um, But I also think that, you know, you know, Kamani, I think, is a really good candidate to play a bunch of those minutes at the three. I don't think it's a lot, but I think, like, I could easily see him playing, like, you know, 15 to 20 uh, a game at that spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely um, – that's – he asked, you know, where does Kamani fit? And, uh, you know, they do have him listed as a guard on on yep. the um, – uh, so, you know, we I could see him – fitting in that two three yep. area you know picking up and and i also see bomba playing more than five percent of his five percent of minutes at the three i could see bomba being more in the 15 20 range here this is where it's tough like you you feel like andre is 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 poised for you know a breakout but also you're like i don't know where the minutes are coming from man. yeah like because absolutely because you know our with with Bamba's defensive capability and his his rising offensive capability, it's hard to get him off the floor. And Andre, it, one of his primary positions is where, uh, you know, Bamba is. And same with Rodman, like the he he get he's still you know he played forty percent of the minutes last year, and they he just he has he's one of those plus minus guys, and they love plus minus, and he's gonna get on the floor, you know, yeah. and so. Uh, this is just this is one of the toughest spots. Like this two three is so tough. Uh, this is where most of their guys. This two three four. Like you have guys that are three four and some two threes, and then that just makes that just makes this three position like just a like a cluster of of players. And you, but it also means like they have they can have a lot of lineup versatility here, which is really nice because um, you could put Bomba there. And or you could put, uh, you know, if you did slot Rodman in there, but I agree with you. I think if he's playing the three, then probably Yakimovsky's playing the four. Like if they're putting, if, but I don't know if those guys yeah. would be on the floor as much. I, you know, I together. just don't think Rodman's um, got the foot speed to guard a wing. Like I just like he's awesome. He's super high effort. Like love having him. I just don't think he can guard guys at the. 
Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so I, I, I could, you know, this is the toughest one to predict. I, it's, it, and, and like you said, it, it's, it, it, it just, it, it kind of blends between positions, but, but I do yep. see like Yakimovsky, he's got Yakimovsky 50% at the three and nowhere else. I do have, I do see Yakimovsky somehow finding 40 to 50% of the minutes somewhere. I do. Um, especially I do. if, especially if he's hitting 40 plus percent from three. Like I, I you know, like they're not going to take him off the floor. Um, like, and, and he does, he rebounds well. He, he defends serviceably. Like he'll, he will, like he's not like a net, like detriment on defense. And, and, you know, what Robin has not done has, you know, he, he had his sophomore year, he hit threes. But if you look at the other two years, he has yeah. struggled to hit threes, massively inconsistent. Yep. Um, he'll yep. have like one big game where he hits like six and then like do nothing for weeks. Um, and, and if he's not hitting threes, it's, it's really tough. I mean, he did like, he did shoot a lot more twos last year. Um, and he was very good at putbacks. So if he, you know, if he can be that guy, like he'll find his way to the floor. And that's, Yakimovsky is the same way. If he, if he can elevate his, you know, putback game and, and if his two point finishing game, it'll be tough for him to get him off the floor. So, you know, this, this is a tough place. Um, guys that you know, do contribute. Um, but yeah, I do see Bamba getting more than 5% of his minutes at the three or 5% of minutes at the three. Um, and, and just, yeah, this Yakimovsky, I think he'll get some at the four. Rodman will get some at the four. Um, but this guy, uh, this, um, uh, Ben does have Rodman getting 10% at the four. Uh, and then he has Muhammad Gay, 60%, Adrame, 30%. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think and he does have, that's prop. He does have Muhammad Gay, Gay and he well he has he has Gay getting some minutes at the five and uh, and Drama getting some minutes at the five. Yeah, so the question is, you know, how many minutes, you know, kind of overall is Gay going to play? Uh, he played sixty percent of the minutes in Pac-12 play last year. Um, I think they'd probably rather have him. I I, I would think he's probably going to be pushing seventy seventy five percent overall, um, and I think that probably. At least two thirds of those minutes come at the four, um, so we. Uh, I I I would say that yeah, that's that's maybe a little low for his for the percentage of minutes at the four. Um, I think he's gonna you know tackle at least. Well, maybe maybe it's not low. Now, now I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so you know you're kind of trying to figure out the math here, right? So he has he has ten he has gay for ten percent of the minutes at the five. Yeah, so that puts him at 70 percent total, which that's yeah, that's really that's for a about, big. That's probably about right, actually. Yeah, like yeah. bit out outside of like low major programs where the big is like six foot five. Like you don't see bigs get over seventy percent that often. Not very often. So yeah, I think that's probably about right. And so Dion or. Dionge, Dionge. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's gonna yeah, play any minutes at the four. I don't think he's gonna play any minutes at the four because I think any minutes that don't go to any minutes that don't go to Gay go to Yakimovsky and Rob. So. Yeah, yep, I, I would agree with that. So I I'd probably put like Yakimovsky at like twenty and Robin at twenty there, um, and then and then at center, um, one I I think so I I think on talent and on. You know, if if everything goes right, 
he's got Deshaun Jackson at 65%. I could believe that, but I have to see Deshaun yeah. Jackson get through a whole season healthy first. Yeah, no kidding. Because um, Deshaun Jackson, as a freshman, played 55% of the minutes in conference play. So I could definitely see him as a junior playing 65% of the total minutes. But we got we to gotta see that actually happen. Um, and so he has Deshaun Jackson, 65% of the five. Uh, Mohamed Gay, 10%. Mel Heyman Crispin, however you would say that in French, 20%. And uh, Andrame, 5%. So, yeah. Yeah, Andrame yeah, is going to be, I think, much higher than that. Um, like, way, way higher than that. Uh, the Frenchman, Hammond. I, I I don't know. Like I don't I don't know how that name how that name is pronounced. Uh, I don't speak French. So uh I think he is a guy who's really just going to I don't know. I think he probably ends up playing very minimal minutes. Um you know, if there's an injury obviously that's a Yeah, I could see Deshaun Jackson. I could see most of his yeah. I could see most of his minutes either injury or just in uh non-conference yes. play. Yeah. So, you know, if Deshaun Jackson gets poked in the eye again or whatever, then okay, now all of a sudden he's picking up some meaningful minutes. But but I tend to think, and I watched, you know, there's always a danger in, in watching video and thinking you're an expert. But when I watch the guy, um, really nice passer, kind of a high post presence kind of guy, really brings a different element to the floor. And so I could see him maybe being deployed um, in a game where they look at their floor and go, you know, we could really use uh, a really excellent passing big in this very specific instance um but he's not you know as near as i can tell he's not a fantastic rebounder yet um not a fantastic scorer yet um just a really good kind of solid fundamental facilitator kind of guy uh so i think there may be games where that's useful but i think it's probably not going to be that many and i think especially once conference play rolls around i I don't think you're going to see him play very much yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with uh, Deshaun more around 60. I, I could see yep. Gay 10% at the five with his 60% at the four. And then Adrame yeah, right. kind of collecting, collecting maybe like 25% like uh, of the five. And, and then, and then maybe, maybe the rest for, you know, between the four and five for male. Um, yeah. just, yeah, just getting minutes somewhere. And then, yeah, Kamani, uh, I could see him getting, you know, 30, 40%. Minutes just distributed between the two and the three and the one, maybe even I, you know, it's I. Uh, it just depends on his ball handling ability and everything. Um, they seem to be very high on him, so I. Uh, but you never know. Uh, that this is again, they they have especially the two to four. There's a lot of guys. It's not going to be an easy job for them to figure out how to play them. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. And then, you know, the point guard will be interesting with rice. Uh, they love him. Like, what if he is really good? Like maybe he's going to just steal minutes. We don't know. Um, so that again, Ben, thank you for the question. We did that. We did spend a lot of time on that. Um, and I knew we would, uh, that's why I didn't ask, uh, ask it last week. Um, so let's, uh, let's look at, um, let's see, uh, no question from Jeff. Um, so, uh, that's not a question. Thank you, Keith, uh, for your nice words. Um, 
thank you for the email, Jeff. I, I'll send you the beer, you know, before the world ends. I don't know, maybe. Um, and uh, Todd, uh, very nice story. I don't know if he wanted us to read it. Um, I I don't know. I, I sent you that one, the one about Kim Bone. Do you think he wants us to read it I, on the so there? I'm I'm terrible because I actually didn't read those emails. I was just like, yeah, okay. there's questions in there. Craig will surprise me, and then I'll just get my off the cuff response. Which okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna so Todd, I, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read your story, Todd, uh, 1990 graduate of WSU. Um, he really can't wait for basketball, uh, but so he has a story now. He was at, I'm, re, I'm returning home from the 2014 tournament early Sunday morning at the Vegas airport, standing in line to get coffee and food. When I noticed Coach Ken Bones standing in front of me, I say, hey, Coach, go Cougs. He turns and without really smiling, hesitates for a split second and replies, yeah, go Cougs. I think to myself, <laughs> hmm, that wasn't, that, that wasn't very enthusiastic. Later that day, a friend, to, I tell a friend about my encounter with Coach Bone, and he tells me, of course, he wasn't very enthusiastic. He just got fired. I then realized the, the look I got, the look I got from Coach wasn't a lack of school spirit and more, doesn't, doesn't that jackass know I just got fired? Second. Oh my I, God. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, oh, so, so that's his story. He also would like us to put our beers, uh, online. Um, maybe someday I'll go back through all the episodes and make a spreadsheet. Uh, maybe. Oh, that is hilarious. Um, but yeah. Um, great, great story. Uh, I think I maybe was at, no, I think I was at the next year in Vegas when I had a conference the same week. Um, but yeah, great story. Uh, sorry, Ken. Um, but we do have some actual questions from our, our, our good friend Lars. Um, he said he has a question for me. Um, what what are what are you most excited about moving up to the sweet life at Cougar football this season? So Lars, it Lars and I both got the we got the call up uh, this year. Um, so we get to we get to move up to the to the top floor. Um, well, the you know almost top floor, and then uh, so yeah, Lars. Um, of course, hanging out with you, buddy. Uh, but really. Uh, Honestly, like watching the game from up there with BA uh, is is super fun. Um, yeah. You know, I always I always like watching the games with BA, so that'll be fun. Uh, you know, spending my entire day now with Brian and Katie uh, will be great because I already tailgate with them like the whole time too. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, you know, getting the chance to have some guest passes, bring some friends up there, that'll be really cool. Um, you know, like you, Jeff. Um, yeah. I'm getting to, uh, uh, bring my friend Heather up there for her birthday, uh, this weekend, which I'm really excited about. Um, um, so that's, that, that, that's really cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, but really like watching the game up there with, with Brian, uh, just the, the way he views and it's like, you know, it's basically, he gets all 22 watching the game and just, just the way he, he like analyzes the plays. It's really fun. Um, and so he's got questions for both of us as well. Uh, okay. This is playing the only have, you can only have one game. Um, so uh, the first one is, 
Cougs win a national title in football or men's basketball, which I think we've gotten before, but we'll, we'll yeah. do it again. So football or basketball? Yeah, I t- at this point in my life, I'd take basketball. I'm basketball I, you know, all the way. Yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome in football, no doubt. But, like, basketball, because it's my favorite sport. That's And then just sort of like, you know, the relationships that we have with the coaching staff. That's and then yeah I, and the, I the nature that the nature of the tournament like that just yes. what a what a what a what an amazing run like that would be just across multiple weekends like um just uh yeah and to be able to go to a final four and you know watch the cougs in a dome which is like the stupidest thing but just be like the cougs are playing in front of uh 70 000 people right now it's insane uh, yeah, the basketball team. That's so crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I go with basketball. Just, yeah, basketball is my favorite sport. And, um, I don't know, like there's just some about March and it's, it's it, to go through that would just be, uh, so fun. And if we could win one before Gonzaga wins one, that would be also, uh, yes. really funny. Oh, my um, God. That would be yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Probably, probably in the minority there, but basketball for both of us. No one, I guarantee no one that listens to this podcast is surprised. Um, question two. This one's tough. Uh, so looking at the women's sports, uh, Cougs won a national title in soccer, volleyball, or basketball? Soccer. I would choose soccer just because I love soccer. And I would love to see that program uh part of it is also like that that actually seems like quasi legit as a possibility <laughs> you know like yeah i mean yep. they made it to the college cup well, I only I, two wins away you I, know i i'm so i'm i i will go to my deathbed if covid didn't happen and trinity rodman actually played for oh, wsu yeah. we would have won at least yes. one national championship so yes yeah <laughs> maybe so yeah so I'm like, yeah, give me one of those, and then you take a program that is, you know, like like an upper half of the Pac-12 type program to maybe being a, an elite Pac-12 program after you do something like that. So yeah, that's what I would pick because you'd you'd have a you'd have a if you do that, then it becomes you know a virtuous cycle, right? And you're, um, you know, you're a powerhouse that keeps you know being a powerhouse. So yeah, I. I love that all that ideas and stuff. And this is when I, I was looking at it before, so I was thinking about this one. This is the hardest one. Um, you know, all three of these sports would be really fun to win a title in. Uh, but I'm I'm just again because basketball. I love basketball so much. I would go basketball. Like I would go, um, I would go to the women's basketball team. It, that seems much more again soccer. It, it does seem like something this the program could achieve. Like in the not too distant future. Like the way they recruit yep. the it, it, yep. like you said they've already been almost they've been to the final four, you know, it's it's uh it's it's crazy. Um it's it's very close for me between basketball and soccer. But yeah. I'm going to go with ba- I'm going to go with basketball. Uh just oh. to be contrarian here. Okay. And then your that your one. wife your wife just sent her favorite Craig picture which is you know, one of my favorite too. <laughs> Which one? Which one? Uh, it's say? look at your look at your look at your text. Oh, there we um, go. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that that's my favorite too. I love that one. 
And then it's the, okay. So for the, the money for the question. listening audience, it's a great picture of Craig being super drunk. It was at Mark Sandritter after Mark Sandritter's wedding, and we went to Attaball. Uh, and uh, yeah, and and Craig when he gets drunk, um, the the most the most amazing thing about Craig when he gets drunk is that his hair just kind of gets increasingly disheveled. Um, and so this was he's kind of got this far off stare with a full. And the only time you see this is that. Which I did not drink a single. Which you uh, did not drink. Of. You left it sitting on the. I don't know. We were at a Pac-Man table or something. So anyway, it was. Hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's uh, you only get to see that at weddings because I'm wearing a hat like all the rest of the time. Yes. <laughs> like yes. You were wearing a suit. You looked very dapper. Good work. Yeah. Until like until everything just fell apart. Um. So lastly, uh, he uh, Lars asks, uh, do. Do any of these five teams win a national title in your lifetime? So the football team, men's basketball, women's basketball, uh, soccer, or volleyball? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that the odds are no. Uh, I mean, that would be amazing. But I think that, like, yeah, it's that would be that would be pretty wild if if it did happen. I'm going pretty low, I'm just, I'm, pretty I'm just, low probability. I'm going against the probability and saying, yes, soccer wins one. And let's say I live, you know, well, I don't know. Let's say soccer wins one. You know, if I live another 40 to 50 years, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like maybe in the next, it, it, there, there's a decent chance uh, out of any of those sports, soccer is definitely the highest probability. And it's still probably, uh, you know, like a less than 1% probability, but yeah. it, it's, 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 I, I'm just going to say yes, because I just want to, I want to believe that I will see any WSU team. Obviously, we've had some individuals, uh, win national championships, but, uh, um, we see a team, yes. um, in my lifetime win a championship would be amazing. And I, and I think yes. if there's any program that could do it, it's the soccer team. They've been the closest. Yep. Um, that's probably then yep, followed I by agree. the volleyball team would be the, the next, I think, yeah. um, yep, I think uh, so. closest. Um, so, <coughs> so yeah. Um, thank you, Lars, for those questions. Thank you, Ben, for your, uh, question that sent us spiraling. And now we're back to our classic, uh, near two hour podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, um, if you made Hopefully it this far again, long commutes. Um, uh, if we had this far again, uh, uh, rate five stars, uh, f- f- give us a follow. I know there's probably some of you that are just starting to listen because it's football season. Go ahead and keep it going with us. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Craig Powers, Jeff at Pop versus everyone. Um, and then, uh, with that, uh, or oh, send us emails, we like the emails at podcast versus everyone at gmail.com. And with that, I say, Jeff, go Cougs. Go Cougs, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated still. Still. Boosters. Still. There's new boosters.